0: Welcome back to another episode of Tribal Council Chat. As always, I am Bruce Heller. And I'm Greg Poinnell. And we have an awesome episode for you. So, not last episode, but the episode before that, we started our History of the Auction mini series, And we did part one. We started at the first auction in Australia. Now, if I can, made it all the way up to Micronesia, which is halfway through. And so this week we'll be picking up with Gabon and going all the way through the rest of the auctions. And this is going to be a fun episode, right?
1: Just so all of our audience knows, there'll be two episodes this week. Mm -hmm. We are going to do this episode on Monday. And then the day after, on Tuesday, we're going to be releasing our first impressions of the 45 premiere, which just aired tonight. And so far it looks to be a good season.
0: Yeah, and so this will drop on Monday, October 2nd, I believe. So if you're listening to this the day it drops, our 45 recap will be coming out tomorrow on Tuesday. So let's dive in. And we're starting with Gabon, which if you haven't seen Gabon, here's how I like to describe it. Almost every season, not all of them, almost, have a tribe where it's just kind of the train wreck tribe or just, the disaster tribe of the season where all the nonsense happens and Gabon is both tribes are train wrecks and it's just all a mess. You're good. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, it's like I say, Bruce, um, whereas people that are into big, like gamey seasons might not like this one, but if you can enjoy survivor as a reality television show, Gabon has to be one of the best seasons.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. It's great comedy. Very character-driven. A lot of Survivor seasons, well, not a lot. A few get criticized for being very gameplay-driven. And Game Body and Gabon's kind of the opposite of that. It's no gameplay in all personality. And it's glorious. Sort of. It's also kind nope. of awful at other times. but.
1: So let's get into the auction. And, um, first of all here, what was your first reactions?
0: Um, Maddie was, not Maddie, Kenny was one of the stars of this auction a couple different times, and then one of my three bullet points just says cookie fiasco, because that was a whole deal with the Gabon auction, so I guess we'll start with Kenny, because this is the third time we see... Night, buddy. We see someone win the power to send someone to exile. And he sends Bob, which is smart, because Bob still had all of his money at that point. So it is smart. Kenny, at this point, becomes pretty much, depending
1: who knows what happened in the next auction. We'll talk about the next season in a minute. But potentially
0: the richest player in an auction history in Survivor. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he does hold that record as holding the most money at one time in an auction. And so, and the uh, my other Kenny moment was, because Susie wins the, ba- we see the bathroom come back for a second time, and Susie wins that. And it comes with clean clothes this time, and Sugar says to Kenny, oh, you should have gone for it. I would have cuddled with you if you had clean clothes on. And Kenny just, very matter-of-factly, the way he does, responds, would you cuddle with a rich man? And shows all the money he's holding.
1: Kenny was such a great character.
0: And like I mentioned with Cook Islands, it's just the bath reward is kind of a cool one to think about because you always think about, you know, they're tired, they're hungry, they're not sleeping, they're not eating. You kind of forget how much it would probably bother you to be that dirty all the time and not have a legitimate bath or shower for that long. Yeah,
1: definitely. I mean, I've spent a whole month of my life at a time backpacking and staying in hostels across the Middle East and across Europe at once going all the way from Jerusalem to Paris in the same month nice. and after a while you just feel disgusting and that's probably times a million when you're on a beach in Survivor let alone in Gabon yeah where there's
0: no ocean and just I love these off the wall kind of rewards like that where it's the bath that's like, oh, that's something that's really helpful that you don't think about or just you know I like I mean there's obviously the food rewards are always great. The coverage stuff is a fun, would you do that enough? But just kind of the off the wall ones that aren't food are kind of fun to me sometimes. Yeah. And so the other bullet point I have is the one that just says cookie fiasco. So do so you mm-hmm. want to get into that whole mess? Absolutely um This was a great
1: moment, probably the most memorable part of this auction because Randy, my favorite player of the season, um, purchases cookies for the tribe and then pretends that he doesn't remember that Jeff said it's for the tribe and that he can be, as he says, I'm the boss and distribute them as he sees, please. But then we get a moment where Sugar decides at first she doesn't want one of Randy's cookies. Then once he gives them out, he offers her his cookie. She takes it and gives it to Maddie, who he didn't want to have one in the first place.
0: Yeah. And, and he hopes it's just like he's got played. And Randy had openly said to Sugar, I don't want Maddie to have one also. Yeah. So And again, that's just these weird auction, funny auction moments are such a good characterization of the season. And oh, absolutely. A season where a tribe is about to go to either tribal or go to a challenge. I think it's a challenge. And they just have no idea where one of the people are. And like nobody knows where he is. And that's not even like any other season that clearing away be the most bizarre moment. But because it's Gabon, it's just like, yeah, that's normal.
1: Yeah. We'll definitely have to do a whole episode on this. Oh, yeah. Going back brilliant season at the same time.
0: Yeah, so moving on to Token Chains, which Token Chains ends with, like this auction ends with my favorite auction moment ever, which we'll get to. Yeah. But one of the first things we see is Debbie being terrible at math, because by then we've reached the point where all the auctions are in U.S. dollars, not local currency, and you have to bid in increments of 20. Yeah. So naturally Debbie says $50. Which is not an increment of twenty, and they say so you somebody
1: have to- who works in school. By the way,
0: <laughs> yeah, and you have to go up in increments of twenty. They remind her that, so she adds twenty to her incorrect bid and says seventy, and it's just hysterical. Probst says, "Oh, that's fine. You're a principal, not a math teacher." Which not- sassy Jeff is always funny to me, just because we don't see it super it often, is- but when it comes out, he's a savage. And then Debbie goes, yeah, my math teachers will tell you that too. Which it just makes the whole thing funnier. I love token yeah. so much. Oh, same. And the sec- second bullet point I have is chicken hearts. I'm just going to throw this out there
1: when I watched Fishback win that again. Um... Like, Thanksgiving dinner, I love the turkey hearts, so I would have not been upset with this reward at all. That's, like, my go-to. The whole family knows you leave that one turkey heart that comes with the turkey for bread, and I've been that eating it since I was four years old.
0: See, I don't remember. That must be a thing up there, because I don't remember, like, a heart ever coming with the turkey.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I always come with the heart, the liver, the gizzard. I eat it all
0: i remember I all the other stuff I just don't remember the heart interesting maybe I'm wrong I was never the one cooking it so and before we get to the end of this auction what sticks out to you from the token chains auction
1: um I pretty much had those two points just the only other thing i would say is like I found interesting seeing Steven and JT kind of upping each other on that Tokiho hidden yeah. item. Or chicken sure. item, I mean. Because it was like, these two were supposed to be in an alliance and now they're bidding against each other. I mean, I guess it makes it fun, but...
0: Yeah. Kind of foreshadows the two of them snipping at each other during all of yeah. Final Tribal. Yeah. And so this auction, the last one ends, and this leads up to my favorite auction moment ever is the next prope holds the phone up and says the next bid is a video from your loved ones to have a video from each of your loved ones on this phone and i love when this happens that tribe kind of agrees to let one person have it we saw this with Jenna letters from home and amazon yeah. and you know Taj left a baby at home basically and hasn't heard from her child or her husband this whole time and so she's watching this video and i love taj by the way she's incredible oh she is and her reactions to stuff are always great but this one tops the cake because she's so wrapped up in watching this video of her husband eddie george that she doesn't realize the last line he says is see you back at the camp until it says hey, what was that last line he said? And she just freaks out. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, oh, it is. And I had a funny line written down here from a bit later when they talk about, I'm sure we'll get into it, but when they talk about, like, the option that she has to go with her loved one to Exile Island in order for everybody else to see their loved ones, I wrote down a funny note based on the reactions that I'm just like, as you would know, being in Missouri – and even up here in Canada, Sunday means only one thing, the NFL.
0: Yeah. And
1: um I wrote down where I'm like, I wonder what JT's choice would be. Having his own loved one or having Eddie George be with him on survival.
0: That'd be funny. Yeah. And I mean Saturdays in college football are a big thing too, and Eddie George won a Heisman too. So I think that he did. And I believe he's a coach somewhere in college football now, too. So, yeah. yeah, and we get to see Eddie George sees his wife and how much she's grown. And he's legitimately impressed seeing her handle Exile Island because she's been there two or three times at this point. And it was just really cool. I love how excited she was to catch that line. Her reaction is pure gold when she realizes it. We'll try to find a YouTube clip or something of that video and post a link out, I guess. But Token Chains is a really fun season with a really fun auction. Oh, it is. is. And so we move on to Samoa. And what do you have for us on this one? For Samoa, I just
1: had the main part to click to me is how I think we... It, this is almost... It's definitely not the downfall of the auction that we'll talk about at the end, but it's almost the start of the downfall, I think, where you started to see, for example, Natalie just throwing out a bid for $200 for peanut butter and jelly on the first item.
0: Yeah. I I don't feel like this is what broke it. I feel like what broke it is when they started putting advantages in it and when people you know started camping out for those.
1: I'm just saying... It started to kind of weaken its credibility when people stopped bidding in $20 increments.
0: Yeah, true. The first bullet, I only have two, but the first one I have is Jason spends all of his money on something that he doesn't even know what it is. Because in his mind, he's wanting to take one for the team and look like he's making a sacrifice and improve his standing. Yeah. Which I feel, and like, I went through and watched all the auctions on YouTube to prepare for this mini series, but I just watched the auction, so I don't really remember if that paid off very well or not, but, I mean, bold strategy from him. If it works, cool, but spending all your money on that, that's, that's, that's kind of bold. Yeah. And then the bathing reward comes back again, but it's a shower this time, and I believe Natalie wins it. it? Yeah. And so, and again, I just like, we don't always get these little rewards like that where it's not food. Or exactly. Not food, and it's not an advantage. So, like this and sending someone to exile are just kind of interesting to me. That's Did you have anything else from Samoa? This isn't really one of the better-known auctions.
1: Yeah, not really.
0: Good season, though. Oh, it
1: is. So now we skip a few seasons. There wasn't an auction for a little while. Yeah. But we go into one world.
0: Yeah. And not to keep bringing it up, but the shower reward comes back one final time. And yeah. possibly its funniest incarnation because Kim wins it and starts bidding on other stuff while she's taking her shower. And it's just hysterical to me for whatever reason. You remember, like, did Pavudi do that or no? No, because while she was doing her thing, Yule stood up and said, Hey, look, I have the idol. Oh, yes, right. But one thing I did notice is I believe, let me think, Cook Islands, Gabon. Samoa. Yeah, four times the shower slash bath reward came up and it was a woman that won it every time. I don't really remember men bidding on it. I I don't know if there's a connection there or not. Probably not. It's probably just coincidence, but it stuck out to me as something that was just kind of weird kooky fact. Whoever
1: was interested in it.
0: Yeah. But just kind I of little find, back for you guys.
1: Yeah. I find another interesting point in this auction is, like we were talking about a bit last week, and it really comes up in the next auction that I want to talk about, but that we see
0: Tarzan talking about keeping the money. Yeah, and this is, I might have mentioned this on part one, I don't remember, but this is... We did. When I realized, and I never realized until I watched this auction. And when I was watching through the seasons, I watched them all sorts of out of order. It's just kind of whatever I felt like watching next. But I didn't really ever realize they get to keep this money from the auction yeah. until he said, I'm keeping this to fix my truck. So. Yeah, that was it. definitely interesting.
1: Um, the other thing I find interesting here is that is it this one? Yeah, that rather than it being like twenty dollars, like we often see, that the letters from home go for sale for five hundred dollars. Yeah, and I people spending
0: they, all their money to match Alicia's bid. Yeah, and that's one thing too is Jeff allowing everyone to buy it for the same price the winner did. Which is different, because with going back to Amazon, Christy wins the letter, and then one more letter gets put up for auction, and everyone's competing, bidding for it. They don't have the option like this to all get it for this set price for whoever can afford it. And I really like right. the added that. Well, that's like
1: potentially, both Jenna and Heidi would have got it.
0: Yeah. And one funny moment. I can't not mention just Pat Ederson being peak cat here wins a BLT and just goes, hey, there's bacon on this. I was super surprised by it. Yeah. That was too funny. And also Troy Zan buying an advantage stuck out to me. Yeah.
1: Which and what gonna
0: do because at this
1: point, Troyzan is in trouble, and let's just say with this tight alliance, Troyzan's not going to be able to do what Chris did back in Vanuatu
0: and Troyzan doesn't really help himself any with the way he acts at times like the whole like this is my island. great TV that's, that's not good. how you should be talking and acting when you know you're on the bottom. yeah so. Moving into our next auction, which is Philippines. And right off the bat, something that sticks out to me with Philippines is, like we mentioned, one of the things that happened in Samoa is Jason wanting to take one for the team and spent all of his money on something he didn't know what it was. We see someone else trying to take one for the team and make sacrifices because we see Carter win a really cool reward and he trades it in. For a bag of rice and a bag of beans for the whole tribe that will last the rest of the game. I find this was interesting,
1: though. Because it was like... It was interesting that Kodu trades it. But you it was almost too easy. Because at the end of the day, Kodu won a big potato. Yeah. And we see... When all he's winning is one potato, which is a good reward. I would love a big potato out there. I eat I them quite potato. often. But it's like in the next season that they do this to kind of segue between them because the exact same thing happens. Andrea has to trade a whole plate of spaghetti and garlic bread and red wine. Yeah, that's a much bigger meal.
0: Yeah, makes you think a little but bit more.
1: I almost think that like production realized after watching Kodo do it. Oh wait, maybe we screwed this up a bit. We should have given it. Have done this trade on one of the higher
0: value items. Well, and also Probst is really big on, and especially if you hear him talk about some of the new era stuff, is really big on making their contestants think with the risk versus reward thing. So going from this option being on a baked potato to Italian dinner might just be him saying, hey, what's a way we can make this risk versus reward and make them think more than they already have to Exactly.
1: And that's something, we forgot to mention it, but do you mind if I just take it back a couple auctions for like a second? No, not at all. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, I found that interesting too, because this one I think you do want to make the trade in either Philippines or in Karamoan, whereas it was smart of production to put it in. But if we go back to Samoa, something I just had written down that I totally missed was John Fincher winning not – A pie for the tribe versus a piece, but I think he makes the right decision because Jeff gave him four pieces of pie to give to four other people. No, you take that slice of pie. No one's gonna fault you for it, but if you don't give them one of the four, they're pissed.
0: Yeah. And that's and he said like I think they'll get over it, which is
1: It's
0: smart. It's smart. That's what you should do when you're offered a reward out there. Yeah. And it just kind of made me think of Guatemala a little bit because Cindy wins a freaking car. And even though I love this, I like this person, he was aligned with my favorite person on the season. Rafe gets all upset and annoyed of, oh, she didn't give up her car so we could all get one. Like, yeah. How do you expect someone to get give up a car for you? Get over. I mean, yourself. I don't have a driver's license, so I
1: would have done that in a second. But
0: Well, yes, but so it's a little unrealistic on Rafe's part, if you ask me. Oh,
1: completely unrealistic.
0: But and right here Actually... I have this written down because this is where we start to see what I believe is where the auction breaks. And why, um, if they bring it back, my stance is don't put a single advantage in it. As we see Abby, who was kind of ostracized on the bottom at that point, partially on her own doing. And partially, I think, it, like Prope says, it's just miscommunication. Yep. Maybe cultural a little bit. I'm not sure. I wasn't there. But we see Abby hold all her money to bid on an advantage. Yeah.
1: Say this is brilliant strategy from Abby. She's amazing. Yeah. But they how Abby literally says when they offer her food, I'm going home tomorrow, so I don't need any food. I'm going to keep 500 bucks. And then the second probe says this is an advantage in the game. She bids 500 bucks, and I'm pretty sure she played the whole tribe. Yeah, for sure. She
0: legitimately believed that she wanted that money. And. It's been a little while since I watched all the videos, but I have a note written down here that says Carter makes another decision to benefit the tribe. So, good for him. Yeah.
1: Carter had, at the end, a, one a mystery item with a whole plate of pork shanks. And it was for everybody to eat in 60 seconds, which I also thought was a bit interesting that now it's, like, actually something that will give the whole tribe some sustenance and not having them eat cakes or
0: donuts in the, like, minute sharing reward. And it's everyone, not, like, here's a chocolate cake, pick three people, and then yeah. it's gonna be a weirdo and pay to lick one of your fingers. Right? I mean, so, yeah, I like the way production kind of evolves and improves on the re- auction rewards over time. I'm kind of afraid of what it might look like in 45, just because you, like you said in our text one time, I believe you called the new era Jeff's Funhouse when we were comparing it to Borneo. So, yeah. I'm kind of afraid he's going to put something ridiculous in it that has no business. I don't know. I mean, I'm just looking
1: forward to seeing what they do. It's going to be great to have it back.
0: Yeah, for sure. And so moving on to a season that I like, but I feel like most of the fandom doesn't like, and that's Karamoan. Yeah. And I mean to a point
1: I could say I like this season, but it's like here's my take on it. Amazing winner in Cochran. Oh yeah. I've got to meet Andrea on Zoom. She's a, She's just such a nice person to chat with. Amazing contestant. But then it's like... Other than the two of them, I'm pretty much... I'm going, this is fans versus favorites, but are any of these people fans? And how many of this tribe is really favorites?
0: It was, I mean, Cochrane, Andrea, Brenda. And that was about it. Yeah. Maybe Donna. I've never been a huge Donna fan.
1: How does Brynn Enhance end up on a tribe of, quote, favorites?
0: Well, that's not even the worst one to me, is the person that annoys me most. And it was really funny because, like, when my mom was watching through all the seasons, I would, like, be in the basement and just watch random episodes with her. And I remember while she was watching Cara Moen, and I'm like half asleep at this point because it's at late at point. night and I just hear her fussing at the TV why does everyone keep following Philip why are you guys listening to what he's saying all the time somebody turn on I, him I, I like, he's and so like amazing and like how you mentioned Brandon Hance, but who thought it was a good idea to bring Philip back like who watched Redemption Island and said hey survivor needs more of Philip Shepherd like no, like I don't want to be too mean, but I did not enjoy having Philip on my. I mean, again.
1: we did a whole episode on the quote Dukes Ages. This is basically a cast that had to come from that
0: era, so yeah. And like Philip's good TV, I'll give production that, but I wouldn't call him a fan favorite by any means.
1: I mean, that season had one favorite. And it was with Boston Rob.
0: Yeah. And so moving into the actual auction, instead of a season review of Cara Moen, which would be fun to do sometime, apparently. Oh, My first bullet point is, Reynolds. Jeff reveals that Reynolds bought one slice of pizza, not the entire oh. pizza. And before Probe Steven says anything else, um sherry who in my mind is if you buy sandra bullock off of wish.com just appearance wise she looks like sandra bullock to me maybe i'm the only one but anyway probes doesn't even say anything other than you only bought one slice of pizza and sherry bids all her money for the rest of the pizza and gets it pizza never got put up for bid Pope's never yeah. said the rest of the pizza's available. Sherry just decided to shoot her shot and bid all her I money. Mean, at good, work. good for her, because
1: if you look back at a lot of different parts of Survivor, almost going back to like Allstos with Boston Rob. If you negotiate with Jeff, usually you get what you want. Yeah. Unless it's funny that you don't like. I'm thinking
0: of San Juan del Sur. Well, the- Which is funny, because a San basically- Juan del Sur, that negotiation starts, and Kelly Wentworth is just immediately, I'm not a part of this. This is a bad idea. Yeah. And I've heard it's- stories that, that was, from multiple times, that a bunch of people in that tribe told them that was a bad idea to do. And they did it, and we see how it went. So... That was funny. The way I kind of think about
1: it is, if you ever run Survivor and have the chance to negotiate with Jeff, and it's going to make good TV, post is going to take you up on it.
0: Yeah. And we're running down so on time. Not? So real quickly, we have to get through Caramoan, and Kageon and Worlds Apart. Yeah. I have, and you already mentioned Andrea making a sacrifice for the tribe when were talking at Philippines. Brenda's spending $300 on an opening bid for a mystery item and gets a pig brain, which is why I said in part one that I would never bid on a mystery item, because then that happens. And the letters from home, because they've seen Philippines, they've seen the past couple of seasons and realized, hey, we can all buy it for the same price. And they hack it a little bit. And I actually love seeing the system break this way, because they all get their letters for a minimum bid of $20, which is yeah. really cool. Okay,
1: so let's move into Token Teens. Oh, sorry, to uh, Yeah. Before we talk about the end of the auction, at least for the time being. And for Kageon, the one thing that stuck out to me, and this almost is a good foreshadow of what's going to come up in Worlds Apart, but we see Trish be actually saying out loud Tony bid and he's not doing it.
0: Yeah, this is really where we start to see it break we saw it a little bit with Abby, but we see Tony and Spencer both very openly yeah. saving all of their money for an advantage. And this is again this is why if they bring it back, I am I personally say don't put any advantages in it. So no absolutely not And poor Spencer saved all – not poor Spencer. He did this to himself. You should have bid on food items. Saved all his money up, and then because Tony has the equal maximum bid, they pull rocks for the advantage, and Spencer comes away with absolutely nothing. I I kind of feel bad for him, but I also hate that the two of them broke the auction. So I'm conflicted on feeling bad for Spencer there or not. Yeah. One thing I also find interesting that I've written down is Prop's makes a point to say that you can't share money or food. I don't remember yeah. this ever being a rule before this. Like, why is this randomly a rule now?
1: I don't remember it being a rule. I'm wondering if maybe he had to, like, record that in if there was an issue with, like, Spencer and Tony trying to get money off of other people.
0: I don't know. But, like, we've seen people pool money and share rewards dating all the way back to the first auction in Australian Outback. And all of a sudden, he, he's pointing out that you can't share money like or maybe rewards.
1: even Maybe even in confessional, they, production might have known what
0: Spencer and Tony were going to do and decided to make that a rule. Yeah. And the other thing I have written down for Cogion is, like, Spencer left with nothing, but that's because he was holding out for an advantage. Tasha was bidding on food and stuff and bidding on other stuff the whole time and she's somehow left with nothing. I don't know how that's yeah. possible, but it's almost a little bit impressive. Yeah, it is. And so, moving on to the final option in Worlds Apart. Right off the bat, Will bids on something and it's a note that tells him he has to leave. And... He gets back to camp, and there's a giant cooler buried there for him, which causes a whole other issue we'll talk about in another episode. Yeah. But... And Shireen being Shireen, making a point to say that she didn't want to wait for an advantage, which... I don't really know why that needs to be pointed out, but that's just kind of her character, so... Yeah. And then... I always find that this
1: is not a twist that I always like because, like, even going to another part of this season at the beginning when they have that split with rice and beans, it's like I always find that no matter, you're in a bad spot no matter what, and Will was in the same thing because anything that they give you to share with the tribe, no one's ever going to believe that that was the biggest option.
0: Yeah, and I get why Will was upset and we'll dive into this a yep. little bit, I guess. I get why he was upset Shireen questioned him. But, man, he just took it way too far on the reaction. Oh, yeah. But so she makes a point later in the auction for a reason she knows. Just to say, oh, I didn't want to wait to bid on an advantage. And then after that, we see Jeff, just. we kind of see feisty annoyed Jeff come out and say, who only wants an advantage? And a bunch of them raise their hand. And then, and this is where we really see the auction break, is the letters from home come out. And we see, I believe Mike, Carolyn, and Dan all agree to bid the same amount. And then they can all go head to head for for an advantage fairly after they get their letters. And they're all getting their letters. And this just doesn't seem like something he would normally do. So I personally kind of attribute this to mental exhaustion. But Mike tries to walk back without getting Mike his letters and keep his money letter until letter. the other two try to return their letters. Then Mike returns their, their letters. Letter. And it's a whole thing. But yeah, I wrote
1: down an interesting note here. This took me back to political science in university because um, there's a very famous quote from Machiavelli that's comes up all the time if you follow politics on the news that I think is relevant here in terms of Mike screwing up bad, where in Machiavelli he says, if you're going to shoot the king, you can't miss. Yeah. And if Mike is going to make that move, he has to commit 100% and make that move. Mike cannot then feel bad, change his mind, take his letter, and now have to draw rocks again. I mean, it worked
0: out for him, though. He won the season. It also really negatively impacted his position. I feel like it might have been worse, though, if he followed through on it, because then the other two had to return their letters, and they don't get to read it now. So they're even more ticked off in that scenario than they are in real life. I mean, Dan doesn't have to return his letter. He just said he didn't want it. Yeah, well, Dan's Dan. He's going to be angry about something no matter what. That's for sure. He the makes probably-
1: production angry on finale night.
0: <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. So two and a half minutes left on the timer. We will dive into a line blindside first boot. What are your three names? Okay, my
1: three names. So this week we had an interesting interaction where Boo from Survival Fiji commented on one of our posts. So I thought I would do a theme. Of players that you and I have interacted with through social media. Nice. So, your options are Boo, Steph LaGrosa, and Sydney Siegel.
0: Okay, I feel like I'm going to align with Stephanie, because of these three, she's the one that's made the end. And specifically, and I don't need to break down Guatemala again, but the jury was upset with her. And that combined with attributing all her moves to her partner. Cause for some reason that jury expected a winner to do everything by themselves. So I'll align with Stephanie and then blindside Sydney, keep her around for a little bit. Cause I feel like that could be helpful to some extent. And I hate the first boot boo, but that's kind of where I land and, He's kind of a victim of. I'm not a huge fan of his season, so. So, quickly, Fumi, I'm gonna
1: ally Sydney, um, blindside Boo and first boot Stephanie.
0: Go ahead. Okay, so. I'll follow your people. We've the two of us have interacted with, thread, and I will say Julie Berry. Um, darn! I was about to say Natalie Bolton. I used that last week, so. Julie, Abby Maria, because she's liked a few of my posts on my old fan page I used to run. And Rodney, because Rodney voted on one of the first polls I did with that fan page.
1: I am going to ally with Julie, blindside Abby, first boot Rodney. We're almost done. Quickly, yep. if you can answer.
0: That was my answer, too. I I can't deal with Rodney. Perfect. He's got he's great up. Great episode. See you again for next week. Grab your
1: torches and head back to camp. We'll be back talking 45. Subscribe on YouTube.